0: Hey guys, welcome back, Matthew Delaney. And this is the second, or I'd say the one and a half episode of Five by Five. We've got a lot of good comments about the first episode and this format this time is gonna be a little bit different. So we're not gonna go through five papers. This is gonna be kind of a half episode because there's a paper out that I think is a potential game changer. It's truthfully been out for about two years, but it's new to me and maybe new to you guys. And so today we're gonna to talk about the paper, Accuracy of Physical Examination, Ankle Brachial Index and Ultrasonography in the Diagnosis of Arterial Injury in Patients with Penetrating Extremity Trauma, a Systematic Review and Meta-Analysis. This was in Academic Emergency Medicine, August 2017, and it's by Ian D'Souza et al. And it's a mouthful, but behind this mouthful of a paper, I think there's some really important points. So what we're going to talk about is when a patient comes in and they have penetrating trauma to their extremity, what do we need to do? what do we need to worry about? Why is this an important topic? Well, it's summer in the big city. And if your big city is like our big city, that means people are outside, people are hot, people are getting mad at each other, people are playing with guns, and people are getting shot. And I feel like we're a receiving center of excellence for someone who is minding their own business, and then two dudes showed up and shot him in the leg. Truthfully, a lot of times the gun's just in your pant pocket and shoot your own leg, but We see a lot of these patients who come in and they don't necessarily come in through the trauma system. They just show up in the ER and say, I was shot in the arm. I was shot in the leg. Most of these patients seem fine, but when you look at the overall data, these are a high-risk patient population. So if you take all comers, and this is from a national trauma data bank, about 4% of the patients with extremity trauma are going to die. There's about a 1.3% risk of amputation. About 12% will need a fasciotomy. And then about 7.3% either get a wound infection and end are up getting an underlying blood clot. So even though they just, quote, got shot in the leg, there are some bad potential outcomes for these patients. In terms of how we manage these patients, there's really a lot of variability. And I'll tell you, the way I was kind of trained and reading around, it looks like this is what a lot of us are doing. If you see a patient and they're obviously sick, if they have hard signs of vascular trauma, if they don't have a pulse, and we'll go into the signs in just a second here, but If they're concerning, if they're exsanguinating, if they don't have a pulse, they go straight to the operating room with trauma or with vascular surgery. But we can't really rely on these hard signs because we all know that you could potentially still have an underlying vascular injury, even if you don't have a, quote, hard sign. And so that's when the exam comes in. They have good sensation. They have good strength. They have good circulation. And the ankle brachial index has been rolled out as a way to check and see, hey, we're going to screen you to see if there's any underlying arterial injury. And so what this paper did is did a big, well-done systematic review of a bunch of different papers and said, hey, how good are these hard signs of vascular trauma? They talk about soft signs of vascular trauma. How good is our physical exam? And then how good is the ankle brachial index? And then they go on to look at various imaging modalities. But basically, they're trying to say, is there one correct way that's supported by the evidence to manage these patients when they come in with a gunshot wound to the extremity? The authors dug around. They found eight studies that they included. That's a little over 2,100 patients. And the overall prevalence of injury to the arteries was about 15.5%. Their methods seem pretty sound, and we won't go into them there. But jumping right in, so the first thing these guys looked at was how good are the hard and soft signs? Right away, this gets a little bit weird. So when we talk about hard signs of vascular trauma and soft signs of vascular trauma, I was always under the assumption that there was just one set of signs. And it turns out that's not true at all. So in this paper, they talk about the Eastern Association for the Surgery of Trauma or the East Practice Management Guidelines and the Western Trauma Association position article. So you have this kind of East Coast versus West Coast dynamic here. And they both put out position papers. And when you look, and I'll link this in the show notes, they agree on some things. So both East and West say a hard sign of being expanding hematoma, a bruise, a thrill, or loss of pulse. That's about all they agree on. Because then the Western guys include pain, pallor, paresthesia, paralysis, or external bleeding. The East guys don't say external bleeding. They say pulsatile bleeding. So a big difference between these two is the East guidelines have these findings that are kind of the ones that I was taught. But then the West throws in pain and it's not necessarily pain out of proportion. It's just pain. For me, that's a little tricky because if I've been shot in the leg I can assure you that I will have some underlying pain. So automatically I have a hard sign by the West guidelines. Looking at the soft signs, they agree more here. So both include a history of arterial bleeding. Both talk about proximity of the wound to an artery. That's a big one. Both talk about neurologic deficit, and then both have non-expanding hematoma. So the big difference are going to be the West include pain in the hard signs, but the soft signs are all pretty similar. So, the authors dug through the papers and said, well, these hard signs, these soft signs, there's some variability, but how good are these? And the answer was, there's really too much variability. So, when you look at the hard signs and the soft signs, the positive likelihood ratio ranged from 2.89, which is not helpful, to 210. The absence of hard signs, the negative likelihood ratio ranged from 0.08, which is OK, to 0.61, which is really not helpful. And the authors of the meta-analysis said, hey, this is because there's all this overlap in terms of we don't even know that anyone's agreeing on what the hard signs are. So from a physical exam standpoint, hard signs, soft signs, really don't help us rule out the presence of an underlying arterial injury. Now, ruling in... I think it's a little bit better because you've got these positive likelihood ratios as high as 210. And obviously, if you've got a rapidly expanding hematoma and pulsatile bleeding, there's likely to be an RTL injury. But the real thing here is we want to catch the patients who have an RTL injury where it's not obvious. We don't want to discharge somebody. We don't want to underwork somebody up and send them home. So physical exam really doesn't get us there in terms of safely excluding the presence of an underlying injury in a patient with penetrating trauma to their extremity. So the next thing they looked at was how well does ABI work? So this is the ankle brachial index. And this has been put out across a wide variety of diseases from peripheral vascular disease to now penetrating trauma. And it's just kind of a a rough way to screen patients for abnormal arterial flow. And they found that ABIs really ran into the same issues that the physical exam did. One of the big issues with ABIs is that the methods used in the studies that were included in this meta-analysis are pretty messy, kind of weak. So several studies didn't report who was obtaining the ABI. They didn't report on the technique used and there's no inner rate of reliability. So there's nothing in any of these studies that says that if I do an ABI and if you do an ABI, that our results are going to be similar at all. And I think that's a big omission. I've done plenty of ABI's. I imagine you've done plenty of ABI's, but we really need to know if we're actually getting accurate information. Is this a test that we can all reliably do? It's not complicated but there is a fair amount of subjectivity in there you know you kind of pick what number you think is right you put that in and calculate your abi and so this systematic review found the same thing there's a lot of heterogeneity here and they said they really weren't clear in terms of how well this test performed if you got an abnormal abi the likelihood ratio ranged from 3.11 to 23.1 so that's pretty good if you had a normal abi the negative likelihood ratio they pooled it and said it was 0.59, which sounds good. But really, if you look at the pretest probability here, which is about 14.3% in these studies, and then run it through the Bayes theorem with a negative likelihood ratio of 0.59, your post-test probability drops from 143 to 9%. Obviously, I don't want to miss 9% of patients who have penetrating trauma who have an underlying arterial injury. So again, ABI alone doesn't reliably help us take this off the table. So they said, well, we can't rely on hard or soft signs. Physical exam doesn't help us necessarily rule this out. ABI doesn't necessarily help us rule this out, but what if you combine the two? So what if you say, I'm going to look for hard and soft signs. and I'm going to look for an ABI in combination. How well does this perform out of their eight studies? They found two studies that looked at this and what they found there is that if you combine the two, you get better test characteristics. And they found there are two studies, Schwartz et al. from 1993 and Anaba et al. from 2011. And these two studies had a prevalence of arterial injury of about 16.3%. And they said, when you combine these in this patient population, if you have no hard signs, no soft signs and have a normal ABI, the negative likelihood ratio is 0.01. So your post-test probability drops down from the pretest of 16.3 to approximately zero. This on the surface sounds really good. And this is actually what the authors of the systematic review conclude is that if you don't have hard signs, if you don't have soft signs, if you have a normal ABI, then it is so unlikely that you have an underlying arterial injury that they actually say, hey, this would suggest that it's safe to not do any further workup. I think we need to be really careful. When we're talking about what is the potential miss here, we're talking about something that could potentially cost a patient their leg. That's a very, very big source of morbidity for patients. So somebody comes in, they accidentally shoot their leg. I don't see a hard sign. I don't see a soft sign. I do an ABI and I think it's normal and I send them home. We're going to miss some injuries. When you look at the two studies that got included in terms of this kind of pathway of hard signs, soft signs, and ABI, in both patient groups, these are on admitted patients who are in the hospital for a prolonged period of time. So the short study watched you for 24 hours. The ANABA study doesn't give us the details, but says you're admitted. So this is a different patient population. It's, it's not clear looking in these two studies if they admitted you, if you didn't have hard signs, didn't have soft signs, had a normal ABI, and they admitted you to the hospital. Did they catch anything later down the road? Did you later develop a hard sign? Did you later develop a soft sign? Or did you get a subsequently abnormal ABI? I looked around outside of this systematic review and it's really hard to find any study that answers the question, my question, which is in the ED, if you look fine, if you don't have the signs, if you have a normal ABI, is it safe to send you home? I think the systematic review that we're looking at makes a compelling argument that the likelihood that you have an underlying arterial injury is low. And I think that that's reasonable to say, well, if it's, if it's that low, do we need to do anything else? But again, these these reviews, these meta-analysis are only as good as the papers go in. And I think the two papers they included are different than the practice that a lot of us do in the ED, which is examine you, do an ABI, and send you home. And this is going to change my practice in a couple of ways. First off, for physical exams. So we've got the East guidelines, we've got the West guidelines. Again, there's not necessarily full agreement in terms of what constitutes a hard sign versus soft sign with the West guidelines, including pain. So if you shoot yourself in the leg and you come in and I examine you and you say, I have pain there, is that a hard sign? For me, that may be enough to say, I'm not going to document this or consider this to be a totally normal exam. Step forward. I'm going to do ABI's on patients because I think an abnormal ABI has good predictive value that, hey, there could be an underlying injury, but I'm not sold that ABI's are accurate and I'm not sold that if my partner does one and then I do one, we're going to get the same number. I just can't find that literature. It may be the case, but when we're looking at someone who has a potential threat to limb or even potentially their life, I think we have to be very careful that we're not using tests that aren't as accurate as they could be. I think looking in this study at the limitations of the physical exam, the limitations of the ABI, I started to lower my threshold in terms of when I'm going to image a patient. This paper looks at ultrasound and we won't dive into ultrasound, but essentially Ultrasound gets your post-test probability from about 15% down to 5%. And again, that's not low enough for me. If one in 20 patients who I have a negative ultrasound is going to have a underlying arterial injury, that, that to me isn't accurate enough. And the authors of this paper kind of point us towards, you know, angiography or a CT angiography is probably the test of choice. And I agree. And so what I'm doing is saying exam can help, but doesn't necessarily rule it out. ABIs can help, but don't rule it out. But I have a low threshold. If you've been shot in the extremity and you have any sign or anything concerning, so if you're having pain, if I think it went near a great vessel, I'm going to get a CT angio. I know that we're in the era of choosing wisely. We want to limit exposure to radiation. We want to limit exposure to contrast. But when I'm looking at a patient, a young patient, who's typically the person that gets shot, if my choice is to do a one-time CT angio, I think that risk is well justified because if I'm wrong, if I'm trusting the exam, which has issues, if I'm trusting the ABI, which has issues, you could potentially be facing a loss of your limb. That's a big deal. I don't think everybody needs a CT NGO, but I think that this meta-analysis kind of shines a light on the fact that our practice of exam, ABI, if normal, go home is not supported in the literature. In fact, I can't find a paper that supports that approach. I think if you're a testing minimalist, that's totally fine. Do you trust your exam? If you trust your ABI? Just know that all the papers included in this study observe these patients in the hospital. So I'd be careful about picking patients out of that patient population saying you go home. For the other ones, I think if you're not a testing minimalist, I think it's very reasonable to say exams limited, ABI is limited. CTNGO is the test of choice to make sure this patient doesn't go out and have a really bad outcome potentially. And that's, that's it for this month. Again, there's going to be a lot of debate about this. I don't expect our trauma colleagues, our vascular surgery colleagues, or orthopedists to necessarily agree with this. But I think that this paper is worth reading in its entirety. There's some good points here. There's some very clear limitations to the literature. And again, it's important that we know this in the emergency department so we can advocate for our patients, improve their outcomes. All right, it's Matthew Delaney. Again, thanks for listening. We'll be back. In a couple of weeks, if you have questions, comments, concerns, let us have it.